This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, loyal listeners, to Agency Intelligence Podcast, where I give you real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Cass, and today I'm with Jay Mueller, and we are here to rock your speakers. Now, I have to tell you, I really, really, loyal listeners, um, you know I don't plan for podcasts. You know that's not part of my, that's not part of my, as Hanley likes to say, his shtick. You East Coasters, I have no idea what the hell that means. Here in America's Kitchen, we don't talk like that. But anyways, uh, for all you else out there, got a lot of Hanley fans that are like, Cass, dude, doesn't matter. I beat him up all the time. He does me. Listen to his podcast. So what I want to bring to you today is Jay Mueller, who, give you a little background, is a neon pilot agency. Um, you guys have heard loyal listeners enough about that. There's about 15 of us. I think there's 14 now, but, um, there's uh, 14 or 15 of us and Jay and I have gotten to know each other really well. Didn't know Jay. Jay, we didn't really know each other before, for, before neon. I don't really uh, well, think I, I knew you cause I listened to your podcast, but you, yeah, know yeah. but I didn't know you. And then it didn't take long for Jay, for the shit that you're doing inside your agency to amaze us. Very high technical, very process driven, very organized. Uh, a lot of things Cass is not. And so uh, <laughs> when I, when I, when I brought in, I scheduled Jay, loyal listeners back last year for now, it was kind of this thing that uh, I wanted to get on and talk about neon. We talk about neon a lot and I assume we'll touch on this, but Jay sent me some other stuff. And it was called The Four Steps to Transformative Change in Business and Life. That still is not the reason why we decided to talk. I'm pretty sure that when you hear his story, you're going to say, wow, I have never thought of that. Wow, I've never heard of that. Or you may say, I've heard of something like that, but how does it work? And that's when Jay sent this over. So loyal listeners, sit back, relax. If you're running, if you're swimming, you're going to get excited. It's probably going to be the best mile you've ever ran because you're going to be hyped up on this stuff. I know I am, and it's just not Starbucks coffee. So here's what I want to say just before I do, because you guys know it. I'm not going to talk about We Got Your Podcast. I'm not going to talk about the Champions Group. What I am going to talk about is that I don't know exactly when you're listening to this. It's probably about uh, right now. It is January 27th. You're probably listening around the middle of end of February. So I want you to know this. Matt, uh, uh, Brainshare, the dates have been released. September 12th through the 16th in San Antonio, Texas at the Grand Hyatt. You're going to walk out the front door, turn left, and there's the river walk. Your significant other will love it because it'll give you them something to do while you're in there learning from all of us that we are. It's a limited to 200 people. As you know, as a lower loyal listener, this is an invite only event. You cannot get in. If I don't invite you, you're not coming. That's just the way that it is. Now, how can you come? How can I invite you? Go to AIbrainshare.com, AIbrainshare.com. 
And right there, you're going to see, you can't purchase yet, but there's a little invite link. You can just click right there. You put your information in. I'll personally call you. Make sure that you're going to be exciting enough for what we do. Joking, you probably will be if you're an independent insurance agent. But uh, I really, really encourage you. AIBrainShare.com. You're going to go there. It's not been updated yet, but you can still put in your invite so that I can call you and reach out to you. All right. Uh, AIBrainShare.com. September 12th through the 16th, the Grand Hyatt in San Antonio, Texas. Jay Mueller, what up, dog? It's happening, Jason. Hey, appreciate you letting me go through that uh, big, long opening. But, man, we got some exciting stuff going on. Yeah, I, I was excited. I don't even know if you're going to be able to come because it's in September. And I don't know if you'll be in America. But uh, <laughs> we're going to discuss that here in just a, a few minutes. Uh, we really, truly are. So, Jay, I do appreciate your time. We're going to talk about a lot of stories. Um, but you know the drill. Let's get right into it. Are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? iPhone. Yeah. You're going to find out that when you go across the pond, there's going to be more droids over there. Dude, that's totally true. I, it's another reason for me to join. You know, that's, I, that's an interesting comment because I, when I first started spending more time in Europe, I realized, like, we think we have all the best technology over here. I'll go to this little village in Spain. They have droids that I've never even seen before. Now, mm -hmm. I am an iPhone user, but I'm like, hey, what, like, where is that model? And it's like they actually they come out there before they come out here. And then all of a sudden I'll see them come out of the market here a few months later. Their wireless technology is better than ours. And one of the reasons is, is in the 60s and 70s when we were laying telephone poles, they never really got into that, right? That was something that AT&T and a lot of private industry did across America. And huh. then when wireless started really rolling out in the 80s and 90s, we were kind of stuck to these phone lines. And to be honest with you, even though we're VoIP, it still goes back to some of those phone lines. Yeah, They were able to say, no, nah, we don't have that old infrastructure. So I, I don't know that that's what some people in Europe have told me before, that they come here, they feel as if their wireless over there is better. And I'm like, get out of here, dude. We're America, okay? <laughs> amazing and great here. Well, wait a minute. That was before January 20th. Everything was amazing and great. Now it's just America, realistically. So anyways, um, let's get on with it. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Oh, man. I love to win, for sure. For shizzle? Absolutely. You know, I know. nope. I, I don't 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 enjoy losing, of course. But I think what uh, what drives me, what really like gets the juices flowing, is uh, you know closing the deal or 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 seeing a success in whatever whatever form that takes. Yeah, at the end of the day, I love that uh, that positive energy. I'm with you there. And a lot of people that said that it's so great as you listen to this podcast, Jay. How people are so dead set. Nah, it's this. Nah, it's that. It's kind of like our agencies, right? Their fingerprints. Everyone is absolutely different. Um, do you, uh, let's see, do you love to win? Okay, skill or luck, what brought you where you are today, would you say? Skill or luck? I, I love this question. I would say that it it's actually neither, that it is a... <laughs> it's okay. So I'm reading a book right now, so I have this like in my consciousness. Okay, <laughs> okay, come on. I've been thinking about this a lot. And uh, so the book is uh, Donald Miller's Business Made Simple. And in the beginning, he lays out, I don't know, the 10 something traits of, of highly successful people. And two of them really resonated. And it was something to the effect of like uh, optimism, you know, seeing the opportunity in everything. You know, there's, yeah. a, and that's kind of the, the way that I'm wired almost to a fault, like almost mm -hmm. to the point that it becomes the shiny object syndrome where it's like, oh my gosh, like, look at that, that thing. Like, we got to go there. And then you're spread thin and you got to narrow the focus again. Um, so there's that. And then a bias towards action, which kind of falls into that same, you know, chasing the shiny object thing. So then if 
but if you put those things together and in every challenge you see an opportunity and you can't help yourself but act on it, well, you know, you're going to have some failures, but you're going to have some successes and, and successful right. people, you know, they're not afraid of that failure. They, they, they find the success wherever they, they can. So, um, that's- sometimes I find myself to be so positive. I have the same answer that sometimes I'm naive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it takes, I take, I think it's, it's important to recognize that, you know, um, I surround myself, Sarah, um, Nicholas, who runs AI, very much a devil's advocate. I'm attracted to those people because they help me make good decisions. Travis Etheridge, my business partner at TIA, 100% devil's advocate. I can be so excited about something and we may do it, but when I tell him, he's immediately going to be like, I'll be like, shit, I guess I really wasn't realistic with it. But, but it's that positiveness. If I see something positive and we can make change in someone's life or a business or organization, let's rock and roll, baby. And, and I'm, I'll, I'll be willing to fall on the sword if I have to. Someone's got to, but everybody else is going to run past me, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, you can't be afraid of the failure. That is for sure. That's damn right. Successfully failing. I talk to my staff about that a lot. So here's what um, we want to know. I want to take us back to high school, take us to college. You know, you and I have talked about a specific reason for you being on here, which all you loyal listeners is nothing he's ever talked about before. That's just what Cass does. But what I want you to do is weave that into this story so people can relate and we can catapult from there forward. Go ahead, Jay. Sure. So born and raised in Cincinnati. Uh, My family uh, owned and ran an insurance agency here, Camargo Insurance. Always saw that as a great uh, opportunity. Uh, And I, I felt very fortunate that it was never sort of uh, pressed on me like, hey, you know, this this is your future. You must do this. But I was a little kid, have a, a wonderful father and looked up to him and that's what he did. So I just mm-hmm. really wanted to do that one day and uh, went to school, uh, studied economics, went to the University of Tampa. Uh, oh, wow. I, love, uh, I think, you know, you're, you're wanting to move to Florida. You talk about that a lot. Absolutely. I'm going to. I love the water. I love, you know, love being out on the water. I love fishing. Anything I can do out there, it's just, you know, brings peace and, and uh, it's where I like to be. So I uh, went to school at the University of Tampa. I'm not going to say that was some strategic uh, business play. I was 18 and I was like, heck, I can go to Florida. Why wouldn't I do that? So I just went to Florida. From Cincinnati? No disrespect yeah. to Cincinnati. Hey, you know? I, don't get me wrong. I love Cincinnati. And I I, after four years in Florida, I could not wait to move back to Cincinnati. I'll tell you. For real? No, no, nothing against Florida. I just... Uh-huh. Um, I don't know, Cincinnati was my home and I really Sweet. was looking forward to, to coming back here and, and being a part of this city. So wow. anyway, so, so went down there. Um, I, I studied abroad my junior year of college, uh, went to the Netherlands and that was actually a complete accident. Uh, I wanted to study in Mexico so that I could learn Spanish and I had it all set up. One of my best high school friends is from Guadalajara. And when he graduated high school, he went, he moved back to Mexico and went, went to college in Guadalajara. Wow. So okay. I had it all set up. Like I was going to live with his family and, um, had the university picked out my, my university had a tuition exchange program. You know, I was listening rabbit hole number one, one of your podcasts with that, that awesome Australian guy. He's like a business coach. Yeah. He runs around outside in his underwear in the snow. Yeah, I know. That was an I mean, amazing episode. If you haven't heard that episode, just turn this one off and go to that one. <laughs> fantastic like he's talking about doing chin-ups in the snow i don't even know what but i yeah. swear i swear i have taken cold showers every day since that episode for that real fantastic but that might be I, I have a cold. you like it it's it's uh, my business partner once again travis takes those you like them i love them 
do you just take straight cold or do you get hot and then go cold or cold then hot? Is- I just go straight cold. And then, like, man, you launch into your day like a like you just drank a like just like you know, beer bong to shot of coffee. It's it's incredible. <laughs> beer bong to shot of coffee. Yes. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend that. It's because it's in the morning, right? I mean, twelve hours later it's okay. Right. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh was going to study abroad in Mexico, had it all set up. And about a month before I'm supposed to go down there, they tell me, oh, we only offer one class in your major in English. Everything else is in Spanish. (laughs) And I went, well, I guess I can't go there because uh, I can't afford to just go down there and like take one class. And I'm not going to understand a damn thing they say in Spanish. I'm going there to learn Spanish. I don't speak Spanish yet. Uh, It's kind of tough. Yeah. So I had like 30 days to figure out what I was going to do. And I really wanted to study abroad, really wanted that experience. Uh, it seemed like going somewhere where I could learn Spanish was not in the cards because uh, I was kind of working on working out of the framework of the different tuition exchange programs that, that, uh, that this school offered. One of the options, I had three options. I could go to, I think, Australia, the Netherlands, or uh, England. And I just thought, I don't know, the Netherlands sounds cool. Let's go to the Netherlands. Right. So just on a whim, that was, that was where I went and 30, you know, 30 days later. Um, How old were you then? That was the first semester of my junior year. So I was 20, 20, 21, somewhere in there. I turned 21 when I was over there. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I go over there. It turned out to be just a phenomenal experience. There were, um, I was living in like a, it was the university of Nijmegen. Uh, it's about a 10 minute bike ride from Germany. And I say bike ride to the Netherlands. Everybody rides bikes. It's, it's, uh, just the way they get around. You'll see mothers, you know, with their, they've got 30 degrees and sleeting and they've got, you know, two babies in the back and like the groceries and wild you know, shit. people are, there's literally like bicycle traffic jams during rush hour. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Holy shit. So I could ride to Germany and I don't know, it was something like 10 minutes. It was very close. Um, so over there, I, I ended up meeting literally hundreds of students from Spain. And it was because I was on this, I, I stumbled into this program called the Erasmus program, which is a European student exchange program. Okay. So it facilitates students in different countries in Europe, you know, living and studying in, in other countries. I just happened to get placed in the international like student housing area because I was not Dutch and uh, lots of Spanish kids choose to study in the Netherlands for whatever reason. Uh, in addition, there were, um, well, I guess, I guess that's the, I, I got placed in this housing complex that was kind of across the river from the city and kind of isolated from everything else that was going on, but it was phenomenal because all these kids were there trying to learn English, essentially. Uh, if you go <laughs> to the Netherlands, everybody over there speaks amazing English, uh, like, six-year-olds speak better English than I do. Wow. Um, so all these Spanish kids, you know, they were there uh, studying in English uh, and, and, and learning English. And I ended up in the Netherlands and I learned to speak Spanish for the most Spanish, part right? in the Netherlands. Yeah. So it all came around. <laughs> it all came around. And I met my wife there. She was my neighbor. Uh, she's from Valencia, Spain. Um, so just, she, she, I don't know, made, made me a ham sandwich. That's a true story. And uh, the rest is history. <laughs> You're easy. 
Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very. You know the old saying, "Just fill my tummy," you know, and I'm, I'm I might love you. Yeah. So yeah, dude. Um, wow. So you met your wife there, and now, now at the time, how did you get married there, or how long until you got married? No, I did think that would have been a shocker to both of our families if, like, I we figured met so. in the Netherlands and just like, yeah, got married. So you All guys right. just kept in contact? No. So like, you know, things happened really fast, and we were like, "Gosh, this is like, this is just working." Um. She had a year left uh, in her degree. I had a year left in mine when it was my junior year. So I went back to school in the States. She went back to school in Spain. And we just did the long distance thing. And this is before, like, you know, this is in 2004 or five or something. Right. So the whole world was not on Zoom, let's say. Right. Like, you know, Skype was she like- I barely got thing. a cell phone maybe in 2000, I think is when I got my Nokia. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got. I actually, I created my first Facebook account when I got back from that that program. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, man. You were first on. I get. Oh, I did it to keep in touch with those kids. Actually, like all the friends that I made while I was over there. Gotcha, man, dude. I've been in 09. I've heard some people got on like 08, but I've never heard somebody get on that early. So you come back, and then how in the heck do you get in the insurance industry? So finished up my uh, my degree, uh, moved back to Cincinnati. And decided, well, I had already decided, you know, we got to find a way for uh, Adela, my wife and I, to live together somewhere. Um, and I was not, I wasn't quite, you know, ready to, to say, okay, I'm going to dive into this career that I really viewed as like my career that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. And, and in a positive way, like I, I was really excited about getting into the agency and uh, mm -hmm. doing that. I actually have a, I have a sign, not a sign, I have a letter that I wrote when I was six years old that says it's in my office when i grow up i want to sell insurance and insurance is spelled <laughs> i-n-c-h-e-r-e-n-s so hold on i'm, I'm gonna i know loyal listeners you can't uh, see it. you can't see it but i just want to see jason's face if i show it to him so hold on. this is cool man when you were six years old holy cow you're straight geek otherwise I mean, yeah totally dude otherwise you wouldn't you'd think i'm making this up God. Jay, when I grow up, I want to sell insurance. Insurance. Yes. Dude. I was literally awesome. born to sell insurance. So that's uh, you were. So, but I wasn't I wasn't ready to do that yet. I was like, man, I want to see the world. I wanna, you know, I want to go see if I can make this work with um what turned out to be my, you know, my my wife. Um, so I just got a job landscaping and just made, you know, making cash, as much cash as I could make as quickly as possible. Uh, did that for about three months and then moved to Spain, uh, lived there for about a year um, with her. And then she got it. So we had you know, the whole visa situation is challenging. Mm -hmm. um, so you can't just move to another country for an extended period of time without formalizing that process with the government. Um, so I was in Spain and I couldn't work legally. You know, I had some random odd jobs. I worked in like a, a pizza parlor. I actually worked as an illegal immigrant. So I had that experience. Uh, I got screwed. I didn't get paid. You know, it was, um, I, I did everything I could to, you know, make a little bit of cash here and there. Uh, I think that gave me some, some perspective. Um, so then, then we were like, all right, well, we, we knew it was working. We got to figure out a way we can live together, uh, at least in the same country. Um, so she got into a master's program at Xavier uh, here in Cincinnati. So okay. with that master's program, she got a student visa. You know, keep in mind, I was 22, 23. I was not, you know, 
wasn't ready to get married at that point, but we we're like, all right, we got to figure out a way to make this work. Um, so her getting that student visa was the way that we were able to live in the same country. Uh, came back here and that was 2007. Uh, I started the insurance agency. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and then, so loyal listeners the, the, you can hear this story and it's, and it's attaching where we're going because, uh, there's people out there. If you've known of Wes and Wesley Anderson, he uh, up and rooted out of Utah, just moved out to Puerto Rico in January. You probably listen to this in February. Um, there's these stories. I know of the Dickerson agency down in Georgia, uh, it's ran by two sisters and their dad who runs the agency still to this day lives in um, France somewhere like in Nice or something huh. like that. And so it's so weird to hear these stories. So I'm talking with Jay and Jay and I, how this came about is he knows I want to go to Florida and he says, Cass, check out this boat that I just bought. Right. So he sends me this, this picture of this boat and I have to tell you how, how, uh, how, how long is it? Okay, so it's funny because I, I saw David Carruthers in Florida, uh, I don't know, a month ago, and he was like, man, I was just talking to Jason Cass, and he showed me a picture of this boat you bought. And I was like, ha, I'm totally not going to tell Jason, but I did not buy that boat. I was didn't shopping buy it? for boats, like dream shopping for boats. I don't I don't own a boat. So oh. that boat is, I don't know, it's like 46 feet long. It's amazing. That That is, yeah, it is amazing. Boat. You can mark my it's, words. I will own that boat, but I don't know. Yeah, and it's not like some big extravagant yacht, right? It's probably about 10, 15 years old, but it was really, really nice condition. I really loved it. That's what I want. I'm kind of the same way about cars. I drive a 2011. And I, don't, I, I don't get off on getting like brand new stuff like that. So, so I thought that was amazing. And I said, dude what the heck are you looking at boats for in Spain? And he was like, well, I'm glad you asked Cass because me and my wife have a plan and this summer we're executing that plan. What is that plan, Jay? So I've been working kind of part-time from Spain for, uh, gosh, the last 10 plus years. And when I say part-time, so we spend the almost the entire summer over there and then usually about a month over the holidays. So it ends up being around wow. four months a year uh, we're there. So if you take the last 10 years, you know, that's roughly four years of my life um, that I've been working remotely from Spain. And this was back like, man, I started doing this, you know, again, take it back to when, when she and I met and I, that was oh five or whatever. And I was on mm -hmm. Facebook and nobody else was on Facebook. So working from another country in 2008 was probably the first time that I did it. The technology we all just take for granted now did not exist. Oh my God, it had to have been terrible in 2008. It was crazy, dude. Like I, there's, there's bigger companies obviously that have, that had all that worked out at that time, right? Even in 2008, you called a call center for any large corporation, you were getting routed to India probably. Sure. Um, but that, like the democratization, I would say of that technology had not, had not happened. So for agencies like your and ours or any business our size, Mm -hmm. If it was available, I wasn't like in the know. So I was, I reached out to some of my clients who I knew had, uh, I, I insure a um, software development company and they use developers in Brazil and they were doing that back then. And I was like, well, how do you communicate with them? Again, keeping in mind, this is over 10 years ago. So funny. So <laughs> funny. Um, like we wouldn't ask these questions today. It's like, well, I got seven ways to contact somebody in Brazil, right? right? Like you talk to somebody in Brazil. How do you do that? It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he, he introduced me to this service called eight. It was, I think it was called 800 callback. Um, and it was, so if you're in another country and you subscribe to this service, you would dial the same 800 number 
and then it would call you back from a switch within the United States. And for any like techie people out there, I'm going to get this wrong, so don't beat me up, but it's something like this. You dial the 800 number, connects you with a switch in the United States, then calls you right back at that international number you called from, and then you dial the number, the you know U.S. domestic number you want to talk to, and it'll connect you to that domestic person. And it looks like it's coming from a, you know, from a local area code. So right. that's what I did. You know, that's what I did all day. I just used 800 call me. And it was like, I don't know, a cent a minute or something. It, you know, it was inexpensive. Expensive. Uh, yeah. And then we, be uh, expensive. You remember that shit? Now, maybe not so much in 08 and stuff, but back in the 90s, that stuff was expensive. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You so cut out there. Where, where, where about Spain are you guys going to go? Uh, so we are going to Valencia. Valencia, where exactly uh, is that? I'm looking at it. Oh, I see it right there. Kind of in the middle on the uh, eastern side. Okay, I got that. Correct. And you know what I just saw? Interesting enough, it was a it was a question. It said, what city, United States city is on the same, what is it, longitude? I'm, I'm injured. Uh, yeah, long, uh, one of across, them, yeah. That's one of the two. The one that the line that goes east to west, right? Um, it says that one of those um, is it. What state? Uh, it's um, Barcelona. What U.S. city is that on the same line with? I, I didn't know, right? I'm just sitting there thinking, like, it's Chicago. It's deceptive. Yeah. I, I really, yeah, right? Because, like, I see in my brain Spain being south of on the other side of the world, south, but, but it's not. And it's like, I look at Barcelona and Barcelona is kind of at the top Eastern side. Mm -hmm. so I'm thinking like, wow, if you're down there by Gibraltar, I mean, that would be like being in the keys or something like that almost, you know, I, I don't know. I'm looking at a Google map here, loyal listeners, but yeah, it kind of blew me away when I was looking at that. I'm like, Barcelona, I thought it was something in Germany. I thought that Chicago was way up there and it's, it's not even close to Germany. Right. All right. But no wonder it's so cold up there. I don't want to live in Chicago, let alone <laughs> north of Chicago and most of Europe's north of Chicago. Oh, well, and it's the whole, you know, the Mediterranean climate, which I think has to do with Again, somebody out there is going to know this, and I'm going to get it wrong. The jet stream or something, but that's you know historically one of the reasons that there was so much development there mm -hmm. that they had that you know warm warm climate. Warm climate. Yeah. Go down there to Africa, and you got Mount Kilimanjaro and the big desert. You know, mm -hmm. it's just weird how those how those uh, winds can can dictate. Anyways, folks, welcome to Agency Intelligence. I know we're talking about the world. But you don't get this. This is the first time we've ever had this as a conversation. So officially, this summer. You're going there full time? Uh, so we have two kids. I have a six-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter. And okay. uh, beginning in the fall, they are enrolled in school in Valencia. So we'll be kind of flip-flopping what we have been doing for the last 10 years, which is uh, gotcha. you know, spend the summers there. Or I'm sorry, spend the summers and holidays here. Um, and, you know, usually I'll, I'll come back. Like if we're over there, I've been over there for different periods when – you know, her, her father, my father-in-law was sick, for example, and we spent most of the year there. And every two months or so, I'd come back for two weeks, you know, and take care of anything in person that needs to happen. And um, I think that I'll, I'll probably do something along those lines. Uh, but essentially, we'd be there for the school year uh, and then back here for the summers and holidays. Jay, you know our industry, right? I do. There's people that can't figure out how they have a remote worker that's three miles away from their damn house. <laughs> And you're thinking about growing across the pond to another country and going to run an insurance agency. Not thinking about doing it. I've been doing it for 10 years. 
Folks, loyal listeners, if this isn't a wake-up call to the fact that you can do it, I don't know what is. I mean, the dude's in another country, on the other side of the world, in a place that, well, they do speak English, but, you know, that's not their dominant language. I mean, think about this, folks. Think about this. But, Jay, I've never met you, and you and I have done a lot of business together. You could be you could be right now in Spain, and I wouldn't have any damn clue, right? I know you're not, but but you could be. And it's just like this is this is an unbelievable and and I and and it's um any loyal listeners out there who are thinking about doing something like this, or maybe you trying to hire someone in Arizona and you live in Ohio, um, reach out to Jay. Jay, where do people reach out? We're not closing this up yet, but where do people reach out? Because I can imagine there's more people than just Jay that are trying to do sure, this. I, I love LinkedIn. Just message me on LinkedIn. And that's uh, okay. Yeah, just fun. hit him up on LinkedIn, and I and I think that that's important. Now let's let's take what what I would like to take about ten or fifteen minutes to do, because when you're thinking about this, you're like, oh man, that's a lot. You got things to do. No, this dude's got a roadmap. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. And I'm not going to tell you what he did in 2014 or 2018. I'm going to tell you what's guided him, okay? Because he sent this to me afterwards. I just wanted to get on and talk about how awesome he is going to Spain. And then Jay, which if you know him as a uh, neon pilot agent, he's always coming up with stuff that you've never really thought about before. Jay, you sent over to me, and I'd like to break this down over the next 10 to 15 minutes, about the four steps to transformative change in business and life. Now, this is Jay. Um, Jay, what is this? Three pages. This is three, four, three and a half pages of a word doc that the dude just started spitting game, right? Some point in time, it was just, I mean, seriously, if this was a male, this thing was all the other female documents would want, right? <laughs> it's that sexy. And so you said a couple of things, four steps to creating transformative change. Now we're going to get deep here, loyal listeners, but one is create a vivid vision first. And then the other is first who, then what? That's huge. Something that can be learned there. We talk about our why a lot, but we know that our greatest asset is our employees. That's why he put who first. He's a champion. Uh, create an abundance mindset. And number four, do it. Let's talk about those real quick. Why did you line out these four of everything of where you're going for transformative change? Create vivid, create, create a vivid vision. Um, it's who rather than what. An abundance mindset and do it. Why did you use those? Well, so yeah, the the... I mean, the document really just kind of came from there's a stream of consciousness when um, a sales coach I'd had in the past reached out to me and she was, I think, coaching a CIC or doing a CIC course. And she said, hey, like I saw that like you guys went from one thing in your agency to a completely other thing. Like what? Tell me about what you did, because maybe there's something there that I could use in my course material. And I, just one morning in about 10 minutes, I just started banging out whatever came to mind. And then I refine it a little bit, but it's pretty rough. But when I tried to refine that stream of consciousness down to like, okay, well, what are, what were really the first steps in transforming something entirely, whether that's your life or your business, 
uh, I tried to get down to like, these are the first steps that, that, that I had to take to be able to cross that line and truly transform what I was doing. Uh, so the, the vivid vision process, I just absolutely love. And I, I, when, when you sit down and create your vivid vision, if you haven't, and I can, I can get into detail on what that is. It is your life, your business, and your family and career in three years. It's so much fun, man. Cause you get to imagine whatever you want your life, your business, and your family to be like with no strings attached. And that is the number one key. If you don't forget the no strings attached, then it is not a vivid vision. So the vivid vision is not, not how am I going to do it? It's what life do I want to live? And it really starts with you and your life. You mm -hmm. can't start. And I think that's where sometimes business planning can go a little bit wrong because we're, we're just focused on the business. And of course, mm -hmm. that is important. But if you're the owner and you're the one that is, you know, casting the vision of that business, well, if the vision of that business doesn't align with the vision of your life and the vision of your life doesn't align with the vision of your career and your family, then, yeah, there's going to be conflict inevitably. So, so let me, let me, let me, let me catapult on that before we go on to first two, because I want you, I want to get through this document. So we're going to highlight a lot of this because this is, this is pretty electric. One of the things that I like in the creative vision, I want to, I want to, I want to piggyback just on this point. Something that we don't understand is motivation has a definition and it has a reasoning for happening. So you talk about this creative vision. So today, if I have this vision for who I am, it's the vision I have in my head. And loyal listeners, you're the same way. You may wonder like, well, I wonder what the vision looks like in my head of my life right now. You're living it. You're living it. Okay. So if we say to ourselves, let's picture someone in the gym, they decide that they're going to start going to the gym. Anybody will always tell you that when they really start to get motivation is when they actually start to see their body change. The thing about it is, is I was looking at this, um, the Pacific Institute is where I was specifically taught, taught this. The vision that we have for ourselves today versus the vision we have for ourselves in three years, if we're going on with Jay, the distance between those two visions is called motivation. And the crazy thing is, is you can't control that. Once you create the vision that's different from you, here you are now, like your body just happened. It, this is what people don't understand about the magic of life. It just happens. You can't stop it from happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people need to realize it's that easy. The definition of motivation is the distance in between the two visions of where you are now, as opposed to where you want to be. That's where the motivation lies. And that's why that vision is so important because you've got to create that to drive your body towards it. And as you said, when those aren't in line, you're just like bumping into each other and shit's all messed up and people are stressed out, you know? Mm -hmm. So and I'm saying I have that perfect. That's not what I'm saying, but well, no. we learn to understand that Nobody concept. Nobody does, but without, without the point without the point, without the vision, well, then, then you're never going to get it right. 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 You're still going to say who you are right now. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, uh, first two, then what I say it all the time, some of our greatest assets, but you talk about something even more important, mentorship, having a coach and an agency team. It's not important to what it's start with the who of who's in your agency. You want to elaborate? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, with a big, bold vision, well, if you've never been to the place you're going, starting with someone who has, who can help you get there, a mentor who can guide you there and a coach who can keep you accountable and, and teach you things that you didn't know that you're going to need to be able to get there. That, that was where, uh, where I started. And I think that makes yep. a lot of sense. Boom. 
Boom. What's the difference between a mentor and a coach? I mean, there's better definitions that I'll give you out there. But for me, my mentor is somebody who uh, we definitely talk business, but it's not always business. Um, That's right. That relationship, it's it's business driven for sure, in my experience. But I I will talk to him about, you know, we might talk through to use a generic term, work-life balance sometimes because he's mm-hmm. scaled a business. He's been there. He's been through those struggles. He, he has insights that, that I, I don't have yet. Um, so that, that mentor, I think, is different from a coach in the sense that the coach, I view the coach as like they're teaching me skills. Like they are teaching me skills that I need to, to make the business work. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and they help keep me accountable, uh, whereas the mentor is more of a, more of a guide in, in my life and business. So my dad, I would say, is a mentor, but my baseball coach was my coach, right? Or my uh, my first business owner. He was a more of a mentor because it was different than the mentorship of life that my dad and mom gave me. It was more of this is actually the mentorship of the insurance industry. Um, so that, that was really good. There's really good there. And number three is the most important because you actually probably could get somewhere maybe, but if you don't have a team... I mean, you, you could have a mentor and a coach, but you ain't got a team, man. You ain't going anywhere. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm thinking about this through the lens of an insurance agency, but applicable to, to any business. Um, and when we restructured our agency, you know, we, we did a total 180. It was like we were personal lines driven. Uh, we had we were growing, but it was relatively anemic. We were doing things in kind of the old way. And when we, when we pivoted, it was like just complete other direction at a million miles an hour. And that happened like all there was, there was planning involved, of course, but when the change happened, it happened literally overnight. It was November 31st to January 1st and bam, we went a different direction. Uh, To make that happen, I needed the right people on my team. Um, And it created a lot of chaos out of the gate because I, I didn't, I couldn't find the people that I wanted or the people that I wanted couldn't start immediately. So it was like, well, we're not we're not going to compromise and put somebody with experience that can probably just like, you know, get through the day just because they can help us get through the day. We're going to get we're going to get the rock star in that seat. Uh, And that man that has I still battle with it today when we're recruiting. Uh, It's like, man, this person, they could fill the role. But are they the right person for the role? And Mm -hmm. when I'm not saying to do it right every time, but when I make the wrong decision, it comes back. And when I make the right later, I'm like, wow. Like, look what this person did uh, and like where they've helped us take our agency. Billy Williams says, Cass, quit hiring people you like. <laughs> Hire them for the job you need, damn it. You know, and and uh, that changed the way that I looked at people. Yeah. Um, I don't, this guy over here that I have, I really don't like him, <laughs> but I think he's going to do a good job. Actually, it's one of my friends, so I'm, I can say that. Uh, anyways, create an abundance mindset. You know, way to, I love what you say here and find a way to finance your dreams. What the hell does that mean? Well, the, you know, we live in, like, I'm moving out of the country, right? Don't take that as me not loving, you know, the United States and everything it has to offer. My immediate mm-hmm. uh, grandparents, all, well, three of the four uh, were, were immigrants from, from Europe. Um, and they came here because we have the most dynamic economy in the world, essentially, uh, among, among other things, of course. But Correct. the point is, we live in the United States. There are people starting and scaling businesses every freaking day. So I think in the insurance agency world, especially sometimes we get, we get stuck in like what everybody else is doing in our space and um, Mm -hmm. you know, how they're getting it done and what's available here. And then you look outside of our industry and all of a sudden 
Like when I started doing that, I, I realized, wow, like there's people that are that are scaling their businesses and finding, you know, funding in all kinds of different ways. And, and I'm not saying, you know, venture capital or private equity like, really doesn't have anything to do with it. It's just, talk, you know, talking to other entrepreneurs who have started from scratch and built something, there was no clear path forward for how they were going to make that happen. They just had to become resourceful and say, okay, we live in the most dynamic business environment in the world. There's a way to get this done. Like stop, stop pointing to the reasons you can't and just find a way to get it done. So the next one and the last one of the four main ones that he talks about, he actually elaborates more on the last one because I love people who just say what he said, just do it. And it's like, oh yeah, that's easy to say. What does that mean? That's like when you say like, uh, hey, don't work on your business or work in your business, work on your business. Everybody loves saying that. But at the end of the day, you walk around and goes, what the hell does that mean? Right now, I've talked about that in another podcast. But what it is, is, is uh, you have a vision, you have a mentor, you have a coach, and you made excuses as to why you can't hire the best in the business to help you build. Now do it. Bias for, oh, wait, see, and you've made no excuse. You've made no excuses as to why you can hire the best in the business and help build it. Now do it. Bias for action is the number one indicator of success in business life. This is your dream. There is no excuse to not act. Let's say that again. Bias for action is the number one indicator of success in business and life. I've never heard that ever um, and this is your dream. There is no excuse to not act. You want to elaborate on that? Yeah. So, you know, taking it back to the vision, you've built a vision. You've said, this is my dream life. You got one shot at it, right? You just defined exactly what it is in detail. Mine's like four pages long, you know, exactly mm -hmm. what my life is going to look like. Um, then you've built a team around you without compromise of the people that can help you get there. Without compromise. I love that, Jay. Yep. So now... What are you doing if you're not acting on it? And if you look at successful people around you, they did not wait around for the right moment. Waiting for the right, right moment is like, there never is the right moment to do anything hard. And building your dream is hard. So you got no excuse at this point. You just got to do it. Indecision is the thief of opportunity. By Jim, um, Jim Rohn said that. I was always fascinated by that. Indecision is the thief of opportunity. Just do it, damn it. You'll figure out if it works or not, you know? I love Google. They're always trying new stuff. And when stuff doesn't work, like after three weeks, they'll just pull the plug, right? Right. I'm like, God damn, you invested $7 million in that. Why'd you let it go for three or four months? Because they're like, number one, like Elon said, when that thing exploded, uh, the uh, rocket thing came down three or four weeks ago and exploded. And they said, so what do you think about that? He's like, oh, it's fine. We got the data we needed out of it. <laughs> That's what he said, you know, and it was just like, holy shit, dude, that thing just blew up. It's $37 million. You took you guys two years to build it. That's all right. We'll build another one. We got the data we needed out of it, you know, and it's like, whoa, that's a different mindset. You know what? You have to have that kind of mindset to go to the damn moon. You do. You got to have to go to space. You got to have that kind of mindset to be able to put 20,000 satellites in the air and try to give, uh, give worldwide web access. You got to have that kind of mindset to create a boring company so you can bore underneath um, uh, cities that have giant skyscrapers on them because they said it could never be done mm -hmm. right i mean the, the the mindset that this guy has goes back to what you say loyal listeners why this is so good from jay is because this isn't a dude like loyal listeners we get these coaches on here like that david wood guy even you're talking about and they talk about these things that that they do right and you're kind of like this dude's an insurance agent and he's telling you the vision of how he cast and what he did and where he's going and how it's happening. And then he's laying it out over here. What he talks about is though doing it, though you've moved past paralysis into action 
that could transform my agency. Okay. He talks about forget everything. I love that. We talk about that in neon cookie said that one time he said, we need to forget what we know and build what we need. Yeah. Right. Because that's, we're always trying to think about how do we make neon? That's not like our other AMS. Mm -hmm. Well, dude, forget that. We're, we're not, we're, it's not an AMS, right? I love that. Create a vivid vision for your dream life. There you go again. That happens to be a main thing. First who, then what? He talks about that financial projections. Let's talk about there. Let's stop there for a minute. This is something that business owners are terrible at, actually across all industries, especially in the insurance industry, for two reasons. Number one, it's tough for us to get correct numbers, right? It really, truly is. And that's tough when you can't make decisions on numbers. Um, and it also has to do with, uh, well, let's see, the, the tough numbers. It also has to do with the fact that we're bad business people. You know why? Because even if we screw up, the people still pay us in six months to a year. <laughs> Yep. Really? I told, I told, I told one of my friends one time, I said, I could lock this door on January 1st, never pick up the phone, come back December 31st. I probably have 60, 70% of my business. Yep. The, the, the people who called in would be like, Hey man, I'm leaving this place. They never call me back, but 67% of my people never call in, yeah. you know? So what, what, what industry do you have that well, does that? It's come that on, like come financial on. structure that I think keeps, uh, has limited our distribution channel from evolving. It's true. You can really, you can be really lazy and be okay. Uh, mm -hmm. hey, that's a lot of truth to that right there. Honestly, Jay. not a knock on anybody who does that. If that's your dream, awesome. Like, that's cool. Uh, but because that financial incentive is there, you don't really have to do that much once it's kind of stabilized. Um, mm -hmm. Then we don't have, you know, think about it in retail or any other industry. Like, you got to be on it. You got There is no... New promotion, new new sales techniques, you know, new products, you know, yeah, absolutely. Enjoying the holidays, playing on those, hoping it goes good. COVID will absolutely bankrupt you. Not in the insurance industry, man. You saw the oh, you're not in the mastermind. We were talking in the mastermind, we know everybody's growth and 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 we follow each other, every our uh, sales and everything. And like most agents in there grew anywhere between five to twenty percent. I don't I think there was only a few of them that grew one to five or zero to five percent. There's people that can't stay afloat right now and are laying everybody off. And we're talking about how much we're growing. Yeah. Come on, people, realize this. You know what I mean? That's that's important. If you're a loyal listener and you're trying to get in this industry or you're thinking about whether you can do it or not, Jay's laying out the vision and we're telling you the renewals will keep you in business, even if you're lazy. Okay. <laughs> but don't be lazy because then you make us look bad, all of us real good insurance agents. Um, he's talking about create a detailed job description for every member of the team. Just like your vision, this is a way for you to cast that envision. I like to tell my people, you have a 46,000 acre ranch. I, I just made up 46,000. That's not no, no relevance to that. But you can roam inside that. But the government says that you can't go outside that fence out there, right? Because I've given you your vision for what you are. We just updated our um, our, our job descriptions with Kelly down here, Piro. So that, that's something that's new to us that we really haven't ever had down. It's really nice to be able to give them to somebody and say, this is you now do that, but have freedom, you know, to build your piece of that empire. So that that's really big. Anything on job descriptions you like to mention? I know that's big with you. I don't know. I, I think that before we restructured, it was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm ashamed to say maybe like I really struggled with it. And as we were restructuring, we said, okay, we're going in a new direction. That made me say, okay, well, this is this is a critical piece to fleshing out what this agency looks yes. like. And I, if if you're struggling with how to create it, there's so many awesome resources. Kelly uh, Donnie, who has some uh, like she has resources on her site that are fantastic, um, unbelievable. Yeah, and they're not like you can engage with her directly or just like buy them straight from her site. They're it, it's great. I think for like two hundred fifty dollars, you can buy you can buy job descriptions for your whole agency. Yep. 
now we're, we're actually hiring her as a consultant, but like other agents in there were like, Cass, can you share that stuff with me? It's like, well, dude, you, you, I just paid her back. I mean, come on, we can share some shit. But I mean, come on. And then, you know, but we found that out and the agents are taking that I on. like 200 bucks and I have every job description, like at least a template for every job description that I would ever need in my agency. Right. Then I can take that. Well, we'll go spend. We'll go spend two hundred dollars on a golf game in a minute, but two hundred dollars on job descriptions. God damn, she's really taking it from me. That's how it's that's a, that's how it's insurance agents think. It's terrible. Anyway, so so the so the um and 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 two hundred dollars is not a lot of money for what you're getting. So the do it. I like what you said here because man, you said something that oh my god, me and Preston Schmidley and other people we go round and round about this. When you're talking about do it, one of the things you talk about is cross the line, whatever that means for you. But I like what you said here. B, wake up early. Yeah. Um, no matter how many times you try to look at successful people, you very rarely can find one that wakes up at eight in the morning. Just that Australian guy who was amazing. And he said, I go to bed at 11 and I wake, I don't know, he wakes up like late, but then he runs around in the snow in his underwear and does chin ups in the snow. Uh, Correct. So I guess Correct. like if you're going to run around in your underwear in the snow, you can not wake up early. But if you're not, <laughs> you're like the rest of us normal I, people. I also think he's a coach and he's not a business owner like you and I are. But you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I love David and stuff, but let's be real there. So no, that that's... um. I love that because wake up early. I just know that every freaking person who's successful says they get up early. I mean, and so it's like, and then Preston Schmidley, and I talked about Preston here because me and him talk about it. He likes to post pictures of him at 12 o'clock at night, and he's the only car in the parking lot. And so I'm being cast because I just tell people what I think. I said, that's not necessarily always good. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You actually want to be on the other side. It right. just has to do with biology and stuff, the way our brains work and, and all the kinds of stuff like that. So I really like that you put that there. And for me, a lot of it I is like being able to spend time with my family too, right? Like if, I, if I'm up early, I can get – it does a number of things. One, like my brain is just more clear when I wake up early for the whole day. And then B, I can focus on strategy and planning before people start coming into the office. Uh, and then C – I, I am able to leave the office at the end of the day and get home and be with my wife and kids. Because if I can't do that, then what, what the heck am I doing the rest of it for? What do you mean as closing this up on this thing? What do you mean by abundant mindset? You talk about that many, many, many times throughout this thing. Even when you're wrapping it up, don't forget about your abundance mindset. I believe mindset is so important. What do you mean by abundant mindset just, there, Jay? Yeah. So there's, um, there's all kinds of reasons that we can't do something, <laughs> but there's also a million ways that we can do something. So it is a, it is a mindful, it is, it is a decision that we can make to focus on one or the other. And if you focus on the ways that you can do something that in, in my mind, that's an abundance mindset. So, gotcha. I like that, Jay. Yeah. Like that. I'm telling you, man, I just thought you was a tech geek that was futuristic and just trying to do some shit. And so I've always loved you. But man, I'm glad I reached out for this. And I'm glad you listened to the podcast where you heard me talk about going to Florida because that's actually what kicked all this off. I was just like blown away by that. I have gotten a lot of things, a lot of people. Are you serious? You're just going to move to Florida? How are you going to do that? Mm -hmm. Folks, I have an insurance agency. I'm going to go down to Florida. <laughs> and I'm going to get carriers and I'm going to sell insurance. Uh, it's not that difficult. You know what I mean? Now, it may be difficult like if I was a brand new agent, right? But dude, Cass been doing this for 20 years. I got a book of business. And not only that, I know other agents that I'm really going to plug my agency into them so that I don't have to go get all those carriers and stuff like that. But, honestly, but would, would it even be difficult? Let me even challenge you on that. Would it be difficult if you didn't have an agency? I mean, probably well, not. Okay. I mean, yeah, on. it would be difficult because it's difficult to build an agency. It wouldn't be difficult because you're in Florida 
in or your or Cuba or Good Spain point. or anywhere else. Like, yeah, I like that's, that. That's the key. Um, and, and there's you, like the, as far as the, the physical location thing, we build this up in our head. And if COVID has taught us nothing else, it's that where we are today doesn't matter. It really it, or it should not inhibit you from doing anything that you want to do. You know, our that's VAs right. are in India. Um, are, mm-hmm. you know, I have half my team in Ohio, half of it is in Kentucky. Some are in the office, some are elsewhere. But Jay, 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 hold on. The, the people that I've been dealing with, they don't want to deal with their insurance agent over Zoom. This is what agents are saying. And I've really been thinking about this, Jay. You know what I want to tell them? They have an insurance agent right now. That's not you. And they're dealing with them over Zoom. <laughs> so quit, quit saying that. Uh, yeah. It's not like all the agents in the room in America are in Zoom and like there's your competitors walking right. in. No, they're already on Zoom. Loyal listeners, think what I just said. I mean, ah, uh, my clients don't want to yeah. do that. You're the same people that said your clients didn't want to sign electronic documents or do EFT either until you asked them, right? You didn't want to do that. Right. They wanted to do that because they were already doing it and everything else that they're doing. Jay, that's important. That's important. Jay, wrapping this up, man. I mean, this is this has been a fantastic podcast. I mean, if I can't give more hope to you as an independent insurance agent, more drive to what you can become, I don't know what else I can do. I mean, seriously, I'll just fold it up right now. 500 and some shows in, I can't do any more. Jay, what do you want to close up with, buddy? Uh, I think you said it well, man. And like, I'm, I, I'm a third generation agency owner. That's like as insurance as it gets. Uh, partnership, you know, I, 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 I had a business partner, wonderful guy, wonderful family. Sometimes our business partnerships are what, are, you know, there's conflict there and it makes it hard to proceed. We found a way mm-hmm. to both of us move forward and, 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 you know, do our own thing. Um, it's mm-hmm. not a, we don't have a huge agency. Um, so for anybody that's out there saying like, well, like, yeah, but he has this or he has that. Like, no, nah, man, I'm as old school insurance as it gets. I literally wrote a note on my desk that says I want to sell insurance when I was six because my grandfather was still selling insurance in his main street shop in the suburbs. And, so, on, and anybody Come can on. do this. I'm no, uh, when you say is it skill or luck, certainly isn't skill in this case. Let me tell you. It's not, uh, because even though you wrote it out, I mean, there's a lot of things that had to happen in order for it to come together. But once again, those things come together if that vision's solid. Folks, you can't you can't make that up more than it is. You can't say, oh, Cass is trying to make it pretty. It's a fact. You've changed that vision. It happens. We all go back to the car, right? You, you want that black Corvette because no one drives it. And then you get the black Corvette and everybody drives it. They say that our brain in and per minute takes in over 100,000 different things, whether it is fi- sight, visual, feeling, or whatever. And it can only allow one thing in. Mm-hmm. And the first thing it allows in is alert or change. So if something is changing in the environment, it will then focus in on that or alert. That's the reason why a wife or a wife, a parent um, can hear the baby Mm -hmm. crying when they don't hear the train outside coming by. Because that's just normal. That's alert, right? And so it keeps that shut whenever that train comes, but it opens up. If you can only do one thing at a time, then you can easily cast that vision because it's you're not you're thinking about one thing. And I think also sometimes that when we're talking about this abundant life you're talking about, it took you years to really kind of put, okay, this will happen, this will happen. You're not just going to sit down and create 
you know, your whole thing, but I think it's where you want to be in three years. Right. And then kind of almost coming backwards. It's, it's goal setting in a visual way, right. Or wrong, Jay. Yeah. I, th I think it's goal. Well, you said it very eloquently there at the beginning, which was the, the brain can only process one thing at a time or something. And when, once you have a, a clear vision of where you want to be, and I think important is that it's updated relatively routinely, yep. um, mm -hmm. then that becomes just sort of ingrained in your mindset. So then, you know, just like the mom that hears the baby cry and doesn't hear the train that goes by, well, when the piece, like when the thing comes in front of you, that is going to help you, help you on your journey it, it it's it's right there in front of you you just see it and your yeah. brain processes it but if you didn't create that vision you'd it'd fly right by has no idea you also another thing is you're on a plane you're getting ready to fly and the guy you asked the pilot and he says well i don't know where we're going we're gonna land somewhere it's like would you get on that plane right but we do every day <laughs> including me including yep. jay but you need these kind of things and no one's perfect in this game uh, so that's that's really, really important. Jay, I really do appreciate your time. Thank you very much for sharing everything that you have with us. Um, loyal listeners, I believe this was a treat. I told you about 50 minutes ago that this was going to be a good one, as they always are, because Cass does an awesome job. You know, I was asking these people the other day um, in the Mastermind, we, we have this thing called Champions Action, and there are 10 people inside the Mastermind that help me uh, make decisions inside there. And I said to him the other day, I said, I hope you guys know after seven years that this like ego I say that I have, like it's complete show, right? And I really like it because most of them are like, Cass, yeah, we know that, dude. We know it's all show because I really don't think I'm any better than anybody else. I started in 2013, loyal listeners, with the fact of tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. I'm bringing Jay on here because I want to know his thoughts. I want to know his ideas. I want to tell the people what they say because without this podcast, you never know Jay. You never know his story. You never know about the four ways. You never know about him going across the pond. These are things that you're challenging yourself today. You're thinking, how do I make five cold calls, right? That, that's your vision for today. Take what he's learning. How are you doing that? Do you have the right people? Is this the vision for what you're wanting? Do you have mentors? Do you have business coaches? Do you have that right team? Are you doing it? You know, these are the things. Jay, last two questions. Leaders are readers and readers are leaders. And I know you're a leader, so you're probably a reader. What are you reading? Uh, I'm reading Business Made Simple uh, by Donald Miller. First got introduced to him at Elevate 2018, which I think was the best conference in the history of conferences. And uh, Donald Miller, he's been following him ever since his podcast and his material. Business Made Simple is a super cool book. Um, it walks you through everything you would need to know, whether you're starting a business or you've been in it for years. Um, there's, there's some great material. It makes it simple. I love simple. That's a, another thing that Billy's taught me is being simple. Last question, because we like to get personal on these ones. You know, I know that you, you and your, you and your boo, you're probably watching Hulu. I don't know. Maybe you spend your time on Amazon Prime. You get your kicks on Netflix. What are you watching right now? Man, I. What's that junk you're throwing in your brain? Just, just veg out. I, yeah. Recently, it's been very little. I think because I honestly can't think of anything. But I've got two young kids, and their school shut down. And you know, my wife, I, I get home, and it's like a, you know, like there, there's a, there's a World War Three is going on. So I have to, I by the time I get back and the, the kids are down, I usually don't make it off their bedroom floor to watch anything. If I am watching um, something, you know who I saw, and this is not a political comment, all right, but I saw uh, a couple of interviews came up on my YouTube feed of. 
um, President Obama being interviewed by Jimmy Kimmel and then I think it was uh, Trevor Noah from The Daily Show. And man, those were fantastic interviews. I mean, that guy, that guy was the leader of the free world for eight years. And he's talking about like his, his home life and just sort of, you know, working through everything we're all working through with his wife and daughters. And he just said it very eloquently, eloquently. And it was a, it was a very powerful interview. It was. And, you know, in 2008, I was one of those people that was like, oh, my gosh, this is a disaster. By the time he left in 2015, 2016, I thought to myself, this is one of the best presidents that we've had that I that I've been able to witness, like really witness. And let's be honest, it's only been really three or four that like of in my political mind. But I really, really do. Um, very down to earth and, and, and stuff like that. Um, and then in my last podcast, you probably haven't heard it yet, where I tell the story of Jack that, yeah. Ryan. You tell it with yeah. So, dude, the dude is the dude is a is a really really down to earth creature uh, creature person, and so it's really really good. Jay, thank you very much for your time, um, and loyal listeners. Most importantly, thank you very much for your time because today I gave you Jay Mueller. He's a real agent inside a real agency, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Cass. He's Jay. We're out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good. Terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.